It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 16th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosper-Nike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com here with you on a Thursday as the Orlando Magic finish up their West Coast trip with a 99-95 loss to... Or 99-95, that doesn't sound right. I got the score wrong there. It is a 99-94 loss to the Portland Trail Blazers. A disappointing way to end this road trip at 1-3. and three, And let's dive right into it uh, You know, with, with the recap of the game. The Orlando Magic certainly came out with a lot of fire. I think they were disappointed with the way that they played Monday and certainly disappointed with the way they played Saturday. So the team seemed like they were ready to respond and play a really strong game. Orlando took as much as a, I believe it was a 14-point a lead at one point in the first quarter. Really looked like they were ready to run, not run the Blazers out of the gym, but were ready to play like one of, that, one of those kind of classic, you know, at least classic to the early part of this season Magic games where the ball is just moving, everything just seems to be working and coming easily. The Magic's defense is feeding the offense, the offense is energizing the defense, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And it just felt like one of those games where it's like everything's okay. The Magic's losses to the Nuggets were because of the back to back and no Peyton. The Magic's loss to the Warriors was because they're the freaking Golden State Warriors. And, and the Magic were on the punching level of the Portland Trailblazers. And this was a team that they could beat and they could kind of reassert themselves and kind of get themselves back on the right foot. And largely, honestly, for a good chunk of this game, I would still agree with that, and and, and I'll explain a little bit of that in a moment, but this game turned in the second quarter. While the bench did a good job maintaining the lead and helping the Magic grow it to to, to at least some extent, I mean, someone came at me like, what is Mario Zonia doing out there? Well, Mario Zonia was plus two in his seven and a half minutes in the second quarter, so... He would, I wouldn't call him a positive for the game, but I wouldn't call him a negative either. So the bench did its job. But toward the middle of the second quarter, with about five minutes, actually when Hazonia came out, 5.33 left in the second quarter, when the Magic brought their starters back in, the spigot went cold, went dry. Portland's defense, which is rated third in the NBA entering the game, according to defensive rating at least, put the clamps on the Magic's offense, and Orlando began to fall into their bad habits and, and some of the things that we've seen throughout the season where the team really struggles to get itself moving and get its offense going again. Magic started forcing everything. They turned the ball over seven times in the final five and a half minutes. They missed every single one of their shots. I think they only took seven or eight shots in the final five and a half minutes. And they gave up a 17-0 run that put Portland firmly in control of the game. Orlando really struggled to get their offense moving throughout the early parts of the third quarter, too, as Portland opened up an 11-point lead. And it looked like Orlando was going to kind of not find, not have it again. Gets a really good defense, like Boston's, like Golden State's. The Magic offense just couldn't get itself moving. And they couldn't get the energy and the pace back up to where they liked it. 
That's been a common theme. It's something that I've hammered home so much this season that the Magic have to play at a certain pace to succeed. And the Magic did not play at that pace for a good chunk of this game. In fact, Portland, a team that likes to slow it down, likes to make you work on the defensive end, putting pressure on you because of their guards, hitting the glass hard. The Magic just could not get themselves get it back under control. But, and, and this is a point that I made during the game on Twitter, but where Orlando might have crumbled, and it's, I don't want to compare things to last year too much, but where Orlando might have crumbled last year under this pressure, under a 17-0 run that they gave up, where Orlando might have crumbled last year, they kept fighting. They kept persevering. They kept trying to get through. Evan Fournier, instrumental in the third quarter, uh, getting the Magic back into the game. Made some big shots, attacked the basket, got the Magic's offense a little bit of rhythm, a little bit of that pace that they were missing. Jonathan Simmons, fantastic all night long. Did a great job getting the Magic back into that rhythm, attacking the basket, forcing things, but forcing them under control and getting to the be- getting to the hoop to get baskets when the Magic were not getting anything in the paint, when they were settling for mid-range jumpers, when they were settling for three-pointers. That was something the Magic desperately needed. But in the end, Portland's defense was too much. Portland's shooting was too much. And Orlando could not get all the way back. The Magic took a one-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter, but Portland quickly reasserted themselves. Damian Lillard hit some tough shots. C.J. McCollum hit some tough shots. Orlando had to collapse around them. They left Shabazz Napier open, and Shabazz Napier hit all five of his three-pointers, including several in the fourth quarter, including a backbreaker that made it a nine-point game and essentially delivered the Portland Trailblazers the win. And that nine, that, that three-pointer came off of a scramble when the Magic were trying to were down six, obviously, trying to get trying to get a steal. They they got a deflection, could not dig the ball out, and Napier got an open three. Tough luck play there. But But for sure, the Magic just did not have enough juice to get over the hill this time. And that's not juices and Jonathan Simmons. They just didn't have enough shots. They didn't have enough playmaking. They didn't have enough execution late to get over the hump and secure the victory. A win that they probably feel like they could have had. But at the end of the day, it comes down to making shots and comes down to execution. And the Magic didn't have either of those. Defensively, they struggled a lot. Gave up, you know, Portland shot 43.7% from the floor, but 14 for 27 from beyond the arc. All 14, uh, uh, all 14 coming from the trio of CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and Shabazz Napier. They were 14 for 22 from beyond the arc in the game. McCollum finishes with 24. Lillard with 26, 11, and 7. 26 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Shabazz Napier, 19 points as the Blazers secure a 99-94 victory. Down the stretch, Orlando just did not execute their offense effectively at all, and that's what we're going to talk about here in the second half of the show, about the way the Magic were unable to move the ball when it counted most, when they tried to do too much. A constant theme when the Magic's offense struggles. But let's run through some stats real fast, something I forgot to do in the last game, but 
Let's run through some stats real fast. Evan Fournier finishes the night with a team high 22 points, 8 for 17 shooting, 2 for 6. I'll talk a lot more about him in just a moment. Nikola Vucevic, only 11 points on 5 for 11 shooting, but 10 rebounds. An okay game from him. Uh, you know, Portland, with their guards, really attacked him in the pick and roll. He struggled a little bit with that. More importantly to me, I think, he struggled to keep Yusuf Nurkic off the glass. Yusuf Nurkic had 8 rebounds, including 4 offensive rebounds. Damian Lillard, 11 rebounds. Noah Vonley, 7 rebounds. Ed Davis, 6 rebounds. Portland with 10 offensive rebounds for 14 second chance points. The Magic just... They're, they're bad. Portland's a very good rebounding team. Orlando is not in every single one of those possessions matters, especially when your defense is playing okay, but not great. Again, I think a big problem for Orlando is they get their energy and their pace from their offense instead of their defense. It needs to be the other way around. They need to get their energy and their pace from their defense to set up their offense. That's that's I think that's been an undercurrent that I've been talking about for several weeks. The Magic were winning despite despite it. Now they're not. They've lost five of their last seven, so they gotta they gotta find a way to fix that. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 12 points, 4 for 10 shooting. Settled a lot for three-pointers. Did not try to get to the basket. Um, you, you could sense a lot of frustration from a lot of Magic players, so I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Alfred Payton looked okay. 14 points, 5 assists on the game. 6 for 11 shooting, including 2 for 3 from beyond the arc for Alfred Payton. Jonathan Simmons, by, I, I thought he was the best player in a Magic uniform tonight. The plus-minus bears that out at a plus 12 for Simmons. 16 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Uh, did a really, really good job forcing the issue, trying to get into the paint. Did a great job finishing at the basket. Really caused a lot of problems for the Portland Trailblazers defense. They really could not keep him out of the paint. Uh, he was one of the few guys that didn't settle for mid-range jumpers. He wanted to get all the way to the basket, and he largely did. That's something that the Magic desperately needed throughout this game. And one final player to note, most Bates, Mo Buckets, Maurice Spates, 10 points, 4 for 7, shooting 2 for 4. Big part of the Magic's second quarter surge to take a 14-point lead until they gave it all away. As I said, Orlando, uh, with you know showing a lot of the flaws that I've been talking about on this show, even through the winning, uh, or I hope, I think I was talking about them through the winning, that the team was still kind of struggling to get its defense right, that they were you know making a lot of shots, and that wasn't necessarily sustainable. The rebounding was a problem. Uh, so Orlando, you know, a lot of Orlando's flaws have, have come out. But I do, again, want to note that this was a game that I wouldn't say the Magic played particularly well in. You know, maybe a C-plus, B-minus game for Orlando. And yet, they were in the game at the end. They had a one-point lead at one point in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they should feel like they are in, in the puncher's league with Portland. They didn't get the win tonight, but even playing a poor game, they were in the basketball game and had every chance to win it. They just could not execute at the end. This is a different team than last year. As I said in previous episodes, I might be highlighting the bad, but there is still a lot more good than bad. I, I, I The Magic come home from this road trip at 1-3, and three, and I tend to say you learn a lot on this road trip, and I think the Magic did learn a lot on this road trip. They, they've got a lot to work on. This is this is a team that is falling back to earth, but is still very much in the playoff race, and I'm still convinced is a much better team than last year. And a game like this does prove that to you, because as I said, if last year's Magic team gave up a 17-0 run, they would quit. Or they would probably give up another 17-0 run somewhere and be down by 30, or down by 20. The Magic fought their way back into this game. They had every chance to win it at the end. 
Now they just got to do that last part and win the game. And they got to get back in the winning column and get back some confidence. You can tell there's some frustration. You can tell that the team is just a little bit trying to do too much. And that's really what we need to talk about on today's episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Evan Fournier, as, as I think I've said on this podcast whenever I've talked about Evan Fournier, is, is a bit of a flashpoint for Magic fans. I still talk to people who think he's overpaid. I still talk to people who think that he is not a good basketball player, that he is, is part of the reason the Magic are kind of being held back or has have some limitations to them. And, you know, I, I, I think the overpaid line is, is wrong especially for his production. I mean, Fournier led the team in scoring with 22 points tonight. He's the team's leading scorer overall. He is a very good basketball player. But as I've always maintained, and I still think this is true, asking him to be your primary scoring option is not going to be a successful formula for your team. That's not where Evan Fournier is used best. Evan Fournier... is still used best getting the ball off ball reversals and attacking a rotating defense. I still believe that. He's gotten a lot better at the pick and roll. He's gotten a lot better at controlling the pace and finding his own shot. But don't ask him to break anyone down off the dribble and be an isolation player. That's not who he is. He is the guy for this team. But not sort of in that way. So... That's, you know, and I found myself saying this as a lot of Magic fans after this this road trip, after a 1-3 road trip and after the loss, you know, and really after every loss, people tend to overreact. And so I hope I provide kind of a level, level head for everyone to calm everyone down. But, you know, we know a lot of these players. We've, we've watched Nikola Vucevic play for five years. We know the, the pick and roll is a struggle for him. None of this is new. That doesn't mean you just you just go out and 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 sell the whole team immediately. That's 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 the big message. But this Magic team we have seen play at a higher level. We've seen them play play extraordinarily well. We've seen them be exceedingly resilient. And so when we see the moments where they look like they're reverting back to how they played last year. There is legitimate concern. You hope that the Magic did not develop habits like that. But they played an entire year like that. For many of these players, they've played entire careers without experiencing success. And those habits are tough to break. And the Magic have done a good job suppressing them and breaking a lot of them. But in moments of struggle, you see them pop back out again. You see Nikola Vucevic arguing with the refs. You see Evan Fournier arguing with the refs. You see Aaron Gordon trying to go at it alone. You see 
uh, Evan Fournier tried to go at it alone. These are the habits the magic must break. And with Evan Fournier, I think you get a barometer of just how well the Magic are moving the ball. Alfred Payton is the heartbeat of this team, in my opinion. He sets the the tempo and the tone for the way the team wants to run its offense. This is a pace team. This is a rhythm team. And when Payton gets the ball out on the break, the Magic are very, very good. So if Payton is the heartbeat of the team, Evan Fournier's kind of the barometer for how well the Magic are operating in the half court. When that tempo is just a little bit off, Evan Fournier and the way he plays is seemingly the one that calibrates it and gets it back kind of on track a little bit. Because as much as any other player, Evan Fournier is either the brilliant ball mover or the frustrating ball stopper. And in Wednesday's game, we saw both. Again, Evan Fournier, 22 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, 8 for 17 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 4 for 4 from the foul line, 3 turnovers. All three of those turnovers came during that 17-0 run, if I'm not mistaken. And a lot of it came trying to force offense trying to force things off the dribble. The most instructive possession of the game for the Magic, and and in this example, came with about two and a half minutes left. The Magic were down by three. Plenty of time to run your offense and get a good shot. Evan Fournier had the ball at the top of the key. They were getting ready to run a pick and roll with Nikola Vucevic. A fine play. And Evan Fournier is the Magic's clutch player. They should be looking to get him the ball in those situations. So the Magic tried to run a pick and roll with Evan with Nikola Vucevic. The Blazers blew it up. They got the stop. They forced Fournier to turn back. Fournier tries to run it again. Same thing. So Vucevic vacates the area and leaves Fournier one-on-one. Fournier takes a few dribbles, tries to step back, takes a three, misses. In that possession, there was one pass. From Alfred Payton to Evan Fournier. That is not magic basketball. That is not the magic basketball that had them as one of the best offenses in the league for a good chunk of this early season. That's not the magic basketball that is scoring 100 points at will. That looks nothing like last year's team. That's the kind of magic basketball they ran last year when they couldn't score at all. And that's all, I mean... I don't think it was the play design, but certainly there was an, there, there should be in any play design, even an ice end of game isolation, there should be a potential outlet to get into a secondary action. And if you have a criticism for the Magic's offense, and, and I do in this sense, it's that they are a little too basic at times. It's just one action, reaction to that action, and then something. Frank Vogel likes to say, trust the pass a lot. And this Magic team has succeeded this year because they pass the ball extremely well. Getting 19 assists on 37 field goal makes is not going to get the job done for this Magic team. They don't have that one-on-one guy. If C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillard beats you with an amazing shot, 
that your team can't do, you live with that. Because that's not who this Magic team is. This Magic team is not give the ball to Damian Lillard and let him work. It Let it be Dame time. This Magic team needs to move the ball. And Evan Fournier, for better and for worse, is one who holds the keys to that ball movement. A great example came in the second quarter, or in, in the third quarter, actually. Evan Fournier scored 11 of his 22 points in the third quarter. It was a big reason why the Magic were able to erase an 11-point deficit, because he was able to get the ball moving. He was able to get into the paint and score. When he's settling for mid-range and step-back jumpers, he's stopping the ball movement. He's trying to do too much. There is a point where the Magic just need to move the ball. Sometimes for the sake of moving the ball. But you got to make the defense react and move. And when there's a lot of standing around, and it's not all Evan Fournay's fault. When there's a lot of standing around, when there's a lot of waiting for an isolation player to break his man down, that's when this Magic offense really struggles. It's not an efficient way to play basketball, period. But some players are certainly better at it than others. The Magic do not have those players. And so when Evan Fournier tries to be one of those players, or Aaron Gordon tries to be one of those players, or Nikola Vucevic settles for his mid-range jumper rather than getting into the post, when they try to force offense for themselves, again, I don't think it's necessarily selfish. They are trying to force offense for themselves, but only because they're, they, they know they are important players who need to score to get everyone else going. So I think it comes from a place of, this is on me to do my job. I mean, that's not really their job. It is a bad habit that the Magic have. It's one that's that's showed up over and over again. When the offense gets stuck, a player tries to get his, or a player tries to get his to, to kind of boost everyone else up and get that momentum back. And again... That's not who this Magic team is. This Magic team is about passing the ball, about moving the ball, about getting player movement, about attacking the gaps. The Magic had some brilliant offense uh, on Wednesday night. Their first quarter was as good as they've played in a very long time. They had made some great passes in the third and fourth quarter to get back into the game. They had to fight and grit their way back into this game. And they did. But in crunch time, the Magic reverted back to their frustrating ways. When the game really slowed down again. When they lost control of the pace. And let Portland's defense get set and let Portland dictate the the pace that they played at. Orlando tried to do it on their own again. So it's a point I made after the loss to the Charlotte Hornets. When the Magic's offense is struggling... That's when they need to trust each other more. They can't try and go it alone. They can't try and force it. They can't try and make it happen by themselves. And that's really the big lesson, I think, from the three losses on this road trip. Orlando's offense is going to stagnate. There are going to be points where the Magic struggle to score. Trying to go by yourself only frustrates you more. 
Evan Fournier in the second quarter got into a little tiff with CJ McCollum. You could see him arguing with the refs on several occasions instead of playing. Nikola Vucevic, the same thing. That's playing for yourself. You might be trying to do it for the team, but that's playing for yourself. And when a guy like Evan Fournier, who's so important to this Magic offense, is doing that, is giving into the frustration, that means he's lost that. He's lost his edge a little bit. And the Magic have lost their edge. That's really where the Magic are at right now. Is they need their barometer, Evan Fournier, to keep the ball moving. To be a little bit smarter with when and how he attacks. Especially when the team is struggling. The Magic are on a three-game losing streak. They've lost four of their last six. Or, sorry, five of their last seven now. This is the adverse, This is adversity for the first time this year. We knew the good times weren't going to last forever. That Orlando was going to fall back to earth, and they have. Now the Magic have to respond. And the only way they're going to respond is together. Not by forcing individual play. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Or like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. And of course, the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is officially open, so send me your questions at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I'm hopefully going to be answering some of your questions over on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live Sunday at noon Eastern time. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Portland Trailblazers 99-94 over at the Moda Center. The Magic finish their West Coast road trip 1-3. They'll head home on Saturday to take on... They'll head home now, but they'll next be at home Saturday against the Utah Jazz. Jazz going to be coming in on a back-to-back in Brooklyn. Uh, They are without Rudy Gobert, and they haven't won a road game yet. So uh, definitely an opportunity to get back on the right track over there at the Amway Center on Saturday. We'll have a complete preview of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. 
But for now, this has been Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening, and we will see you again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.